Vampires and haters, welcome back to the Kowski Cast. I'm Mary Kwiatkowski. And I'm Rachel Stukenborg. And today we're back for another episode of Twilight, the only podcast on the internet that debates the pros and cons of the Twilight Saga. This week we're breaking down chapter 23, The Angel, and chapter 24, An Impasse, and the epilogue, an occasion, three for the price of one, guys, of the first Twilight novel. All right, let's wrap this book up. It's been a long time coming. Let's do it. I realized today when I was talking with you before podcasting that I haven't talked to you in a while, but it feels like so much less time for me because I basically hear you twice as often as you hear me when I like we record (laughs) and then a few weeks later I'll edit it. And so in my mind, I've like just talked to you, but it's actually been a while. So I actually did listen to the most recent release a little more than I usually do because I was like looking for things to possibly turn into the social media post, but then I ended up just going with like a very generic thing. So I also feel that way a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you know, it happens. I'm going to say up front here, uh, just because I know some people, maybe maybe you don't listen all the way to the end of the podcast. We now have an Instagram, which is the Kowski Cast Instagram that Rachel is partially in charge of. We have like two posts, but like... Three. Oh, we got three now? Yeah, oh, look three at that. whole posts. Yeah, three whole posts that Rachel has made because she's way better at being a social media manager than I am. <laughs> Meaning I've used Canva before. <laughs> yes, but like ideally we'll do more stuff over there. But uh, yeah, feel free to check that out. As always, check out everything else on Twitter and uh, just, you know, search for Kowski Cast everywhere. Also, it's the end of the book. And what does that mean? It's time for you guys to leave us some more reviews. Look, I know that people are listening to this and it doesn't matter if maybe you've left a review for Kowski Cast on, on the Kowski Cast iTunes. Go ahead and leave one on the Twifi specific iTunes as well. You know, really uh, makes us happy. And then we get to read them on the podcast. So do that. We'll read them. Yes. Um, All right. Let's jump into these chapters. We had like a short one followed by a pretty long one. So Mm -hmm. chapter 23, The Angel, for those of you who, like us, it's been a while since you listened to the last episode. In the end of the last episode, Bella was like straight up dying. She had been attacked by James at the very end of the chapter. She was like trying to protect her face as her vision filled with blood and her head had hit a mirror and she's like her foot had been stepped on or something she was just in bad shape thrown across the room thrown into a mirror like glass everywhere blood everywhere kind of been like stomped on but like by a vampire so some broken bones involved not in a good state and that was the end of that last chapter so at the beginning of this chapter the angel we kind of enter a dreamlike sequence she's kind of drifting off and then she hears quote unquote the happiest sound ever (laughs) which is another snarl, meaning like a different person is snarling than James. Who could it be? Something slashes her hand. There's like some random noises. She thinks she's dead. She hears, quote unquote, an angel call 
calling her name. It's all kind of like a little hard to follow. This is like the the moment, you know. This is like the climactic moment. And for me, it was like a little... Eh, they could have done better. It's like, we don't really know what's happening the whole time. It's just kind of like her fading in and out. We don't know what's happened to James. And honestly, like a fight scene would have been pretty dope. Because like, clearly they get James if he stops eating her and like, she's not dead. But we have this whole build to like this fight scene. And we don't really get it because it's just kind of like this dream sequence that kind of cuts in and out. My thoughts on this are like, this is the issue with having a book that is solely from a first person narrative. And while a lot of books, especially young adult books, are first person, there are some that are, that sort of do this a little differently. Like, okay, I know we always reference the same examples, but think about Harry Potter for a second. In Harry Potter, there are many, many times where he has sort of dream sequence or vision type things, or even moments where the the perspective completely pulls out away from him and you see clearly what's happening, even though that's not something he could have seen. Or maybe he's unconscious, but they'll tell the reader what it is that his brain is sort of dreaming, and then maybe he himself just doesn't remember all of it. Mm-hmm. So that happens several times, but in Twilight, they pretty much solely, at least everything that I can think of, stick to this very, very first person narrative. Since Bella has been attacked, she's disoriented. Her eyes are closed. She's sort of like half unconscious. And so yeah, you miss a lot of that. This is definitely a scene that is a lot easier to follow on like a second, third, or fourth read, especially if you've seen the movie and especially if you've read Midnight Sun. This is like a reason why having Midnight Sun really helps because there are quite a lot of gaps at the end of this book where Edward Mm -hmm. is doing a lot more interesting things than Bella is. And, uh, so it's like very subtle, but what you do here, if, you, if you're like reading and really, really paying attention to all the text in this chapter, you have to kind of know that like the noises happening in the background when they say there's a high-pitched keening sound that is suddenly stopped after a loud like screeching noise, that's when they've ripped James' head off. <laughs> and so you have to know that like Jasper and Emmett are fighting James in the background, they've like torn his head off, and then they're throwing the pieces into a fire, and Bella says that she smells gasoline. So like you just have to put those pieces together but it definitely takes uh, some time. And like, if you're reading it for the first time, you're like, what is going on? She seems very disoriented and, and all of that. And some of those things, I think, aren't even things we learn in this book. Like, have we learned yet that the only way to kill a vampire is to, like, tear them apart and set them on fire? We, yeah, we don't exactly know that yet. Yeah. But we do know that the building, from this chapter and the next chapter, we know that the building burns down and there was gasoline. So they clearly did start a fire. So, Mm -hmm. you know, using that. I believe, I I think all Edward really says is that Jasper and Emmett took care of James. And then we hear that it's burned down. So the burning part is implied. But the yeah, the rest of it, I, I believe in the next book, they sort of go into a little bit more detail on exactly what happened. Yeah, so this like, you're reading this book for the first time. This seems very confusing. And you don't want it to be confusing because this is like what all the action's been building to. So could have been executed better, in my opinion. It's something that I think about a lot when I think of like writing myself, right? And like dialogue is easy. Internal monologuing and thoughts is really easy. But it's really hard to write write, I'm not even going to say dialoguing is easy. Dialogue's also hard, but, but it's, it's hard, hard to write, to write like action sequences. And and that part is something that I like never been very comfortable with, even mm. like in my own, you know, little writing. Yeah. So putting the pieces together, Edward is her angel, obviously. And um, he's like super devastated by the fact that she's hurt. Also, there's a lot of talk where she hears that Alice and Carlisle are also there. Carlisle's assessing her injuries and sort of fixing her. 
I think there's a little bit of like discontinuity here where sometimes these vampires are like super speedy quick, but why does it take Carlisle like a lot of time to give her stitches and, you know, fix her? You would think if you can like literally run and move at the speed of light that he could be like doing all of this a little bit faster, but whatever. I bet when he's actually like in the hospital, he probably does have to tone it down a little bit so that you know the people he's operating on or whatever don't get concerned at like how fast he's doing it. So maybe it's a result of that, but also it's like in this moment, he wouldn't have to do that. Yeah, maybe he's like, maybe Bella's thrashing around so much that it's like hard for him to do it, but... She's thrashing so fast, he can't keep up. Yeah. (laughs) So things take a little bit of a turn for the worse when they realize that, remember that like slashing that happened to her hand? That was actually James lunging for her and biting her hand. So she's got a vampire bite on her hand and Carlisle's like, hey, Edward, you need to suck the venom out, which is like kind of, again, this is what I'm saying. He says like, oh, I I can't do it. Me, Carlisle, who totally could be way more capable of this. I can't do it because I'm back here fixing her stitches. Like, is Edward really, like, he's a hundred years old. Shouldn't he have learned maybe how to do some stitches? Like, can't they swap places or can't Carlisle, like, stabilize her fast enough where he could do it? And Carlisle has done this before. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So it just seems, it seems a little bit silly. Yeah. I mean, we've come a long way since the beginning of the book when the mere smell of her blood inside her body made Edward like consider mass murder and now he's like oh it's gonna be hard but I can literally taste her blood and suck the venom out of it so right I think it was just a cop out so that the end of the plot could like end in him sucking her blood because like it's a vampire you expect it but Carlisle should have done it if this were like realistic so those are some things that kind of like annoy me about the chapter just Mm -hmm. the like convenience of Edward needing to do it now I'm gonna look at this from a different perspective which is the like fangirl side of me that just likes Twilight and likes reading it, which is obviously it's a much more impactful moment if Edward has to do it himself. Yeah, exactly. And it's much more um, like, wow, look at him being able to overcome all his past whatever. I also really like that right before this, before when they first realize that she's been bit, Alice says, Edward, you have to do it. And what she's actually referring to is him biting Bella to turn her into a vampire. It's and he because he says that he's like in agony and he doesn't want to and he says there must be another way. It's very subtle because they're not spelling all this out. You have to like put the pieces together to understand that that's what she's referring to because when she first says that, she says, you have to do it. He's like really angry and then Carlisle says, wait, there might be another way. You might be able to suck the venom out. And I like this kind of like reading the book and it really helps not on a first read, but reading the book for a second or third time, all of the conversations between Alice and Edward or all the just like glances, looks between them where he's really angry with her, the fact that he like doesn't trust her to be alone with Bella, the fact that he doesn't want her to give Bella information or ideas, all of this is surrounding from or coming is stemming from the fact that she had a vision very soon after he met her of Bella becoming a vampire. Mm -hmm. And this is like a thing that he's been trying to fight is the reality that that might happen. Mm -hmm. And so her here is like, hey, it it came to it, Edward, you gotta you gotta turn her into a vampire. And he really, really doesn't want to. So when she's saying Edward, you have to do it, she realizes she's been bit. Is she saying like, you have to do it? Like you have to let her change basically she's she's saying like being so this is a little bit more information that you'd find out later but essentially what she's referring to is like bella has been bit on her hand yes she would be in a lot of pain and turn into a vampire but it would be much quicker process if he bit her somewhere else as well closer to like her bloodstream or main arteries okay like that's the whole like why vampires like bite on the neck right because it's much closer to the heart and it's Mm -hmm. much closer to vital 
arteries that would spread the venom faster. And so that is the the situation. Again, you don't know that right. <laughs> really right now, but it is a little confusing because you're like, wait, why would she be saying do it? It's already done. And I think, yeah, yeah it's more like you need to do it to, to uh, continue this transformation. It's also could be just implied of like, you need to let it happen. You need to help her yeah. stabilize. But that's um, sort of more of the details anyway. Okay. Do, does she also run the risk of dying? Like, can the transformation kill people? I think my understanding of the mechanics in this universe is that if she were to, if like, if she's bleeding from her head, like while this is happening, she could potentially, I think, die before the venom Mm. like fully fixes her, which is another reason why like, because the venom has healing powers sort of properties. I'm not going to say like healing powers. It's more like you're undead. You can't die. It's very Mm -hmm. difficult to kill you. And therefore the venom has like protective abilities much more, you know, in the same way that like Bella can't punch Edward and hurt him, right? Mm -hmm. He can't like get a paper cut. So I think like if the venom was working fast enough where it healed her or turned her into a vampire before she died of her like whatever causes, then sure that would work. This is a conversation we'd have to get much into later because it's like (laughs) definitely more relevant in other stories. We're looking too much into the details again. Yeah, I think theoretically because of the very small cut on her hand or the very small bite on her hand and the Mm -hmm. very small amount of venom, if Carlisle and Edward like weren't there and weren't trying to fix her leg and her ribs and her head, maybe she could have died before that would happen. I mean, she would have died because James would have just like eaten her, but like, you know, if he was still gone. But if she had to have been bit and then been alone. Yeah. At bare minimum, it would be a much longer process and be much more painful. Yeah. So she's like, do it before she dies of her injuries, basically. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, so she passes out before we get to see what happens in this two-page chapter. And before she passes out, she's like urgently trying to tell Alice what James told her about like, was it James that turned Alice? No, James was trying to kill Alice because he just enjoys trying to like kill the object of other vampires like obsession. And okay. there was yeah. this other vampire, this old vampire who was like very protective of Alice mm-hmm. as a human. And so he turned her into a vampire before he got the chance to kill Alice. Yeah. Which was we talked about in the last chapter because James was like, I don't, if Edward really wanted to protect you, all he would have had to do was turn you into a vampire. That's what happened with Alice. Right. He also talked about the fact that like he knew Alice as a human and Alice doesn't know anything about her human life. She doesn't life, remember so. anything. Okay. So yeah, Bella's like urgently trying to tell Alice all that before she passes out. And it's like, I feel like that could have waited. I don't know. Maybe she thought she was going to die. So she was like, oh, I have this secret that I need you to, that's like good for you to know. So before I die, <laughs> I just want to pass that along. But I don't know. She also felt like she was safe with Edward. So I don't think she thought she was going to die. She was just like urgently like, I need to tell Alice. So all of this kind of reminded me of like when I got my wisdom teeth out kind of recently and both like before I went under and then like right after I sort of came to out of it, I was like still kind of groggy, but I was like trying to like get all, ask all these questions and like, get all these <laughs> answers. And I was like, because if I don't ask it now, I'm going to like forget it because I'm like still <laughs> kind of half unconscious. Yeah. So that's just like what it reminded me of, of like sometimes when you're like really, I don't know, have you ever been like really tired or like really intoxicated where you're like trying to like, you're like, I need to, t- I need to tell this person something or I need to like get this information out, but like it's totally could wait, but you just like <laughs> want to do it right then. I feel like it's sometimes kind of like that. Maybe. I don't know. I usually just fall asleep. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> Fine. Anyway, Edward gets the venom out of Bella and then he carries her away yeah. out of the building. He's all triumphant. 
And that's the end of the chapter. It's really short. <laughs> yep. Boom, boom. And then we go on to chapter 24, an impasse. Bella wakes up in a hospital bed and Edward is there. Edward's usually pretty quick to anger. So I was like a little surprised that he wasn't initially like, why'd you run away from Alice? Why'd you blah, blah, blah? Why'd you put yourself in danger? But he's actually like just kind of happy that she's awake. So that was nice. Yeah. And, and Bella, of course, is very concerned about like, what's going on? Where am I? Oh, no, I need to tell Charlie where I am. I need to tell my mom, like figure out everything's going on. Mm-hmm. And he's like, slow your roll. Everything's fine. Like we took care of James. Your mom is here. And our cover story is that you went to Phoenix like your dad thought. But then me and Alice and Car- uh, Carlisle came to like meet you and try to convince you to come back to Forks. And you were on our- your way over to like my room in a hotel when you like tripped on some stairs and fell through a window. And he's like, you got to admit, it could happen. And like, I, I get that she's clumsy. And like, I think if she, the problem with her injuries is the, like, tripping on some stairs. Sure. You could, I could totally understand mm-hmm. that. It's the falling through a window part that I'm like, <laughs> windows are not these like flimsy things where falling down a couple, like, you'd have to hit that window with some force to like yeah. break through it. And like, what kind of windows in a stairwell are like to the floor where you would fall through it? Like, you just like go up. I'm not, I'm right. just, mechanically, I'm not sure how this works. Because if you're falling down a flight of stairs, you're like tumbling. So you're probably going to end up like on the ground. So if you're going through a window, it'd have to be like, maybe the whole wall is a window and you're just tumbling really fast. I I've fallen down stairs before. Yeah. I've fallen down full sets of stairs and I've fallen down like concrete stairs and like I hurt myself but I didn't break any bones. I mean I'm not saying right. you can't like you could definitely break bones but I, it's just the falling through the window but like what is this a stained glass window? Like how is this so flimsy? <laughs> yeah because they're also implying she like crashed through the window because that's what they're saying all the cuts are from so she like broke a glass window. Like I feel like she could have fallen like down some stairs onto like a glass table mm. or like through a vase like that makes more <laughs> sense to me right but uh, it's whatever why didn't they just like say she got hit by a car he stole a car he could have like put a, like a nice yeah. dent in it smash the windshield I think, I think the problem with the getting hit by a car part is that like another person would be implicated in this oh, and, they, and they would need to like have a victim yeah or not a true. victim but a perpetrator i don't know yeah because the car he it's, stole like, then it would be like easily track the license plate that person is now yeah. in jail for And no you know reason. Charlie wouldn't just be like, oh, hit and run, no problem. Like, he's <laughs> gonna want to figure this situation out. He's gonna press some charges. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I- I'm making fun of it, but I also do, like, really find this whole scenario to be kind of funny. Like, I, I think the line is meant to be <laughs> a joke here where he's like, oh, haha, you have to admit it could happen. Like, I think that's funny, but yeah, it's a lot. He also, he also roasts her for having a blood transfusion, which is pretty funny. Yeah, it's a pretty low blow to be honest it's like she's in a pretty bad state and it's like it's not usually offensive if someone tells you your blood smells weird because humans can't smell blood keep in mind but it's not really like a standard of attraction but it's kind of like the vampire equivalent of saying like hey i know your arm was just amputated but like you look weird without an arm right now disagree. I think this is funny. Like, I think this is him trying to lighten the mood and be like, yeah, I didn't like it. You smelled wrong for a while. And she's she even says, like... such a, like, low state though. It's such a low blow. Like, the one thing I'm usually attracted to about you is, is kind of off right now. <laughs> but it's... You keep saying attracted to. It's not like he finds her attractive because of this blood smell. He's, like, chemically trying to kill her because he, <laughs> like, likes the smell of her blood. It's He's not like... He's attracted to the idea of chemically I mean, trying to kill her. 
look, don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. it's kind of the whole perfume thing, right? You, like, like smells and there's, like, pheromones and stuff. But I don't really think that's the case here. I think it's, like, her blood smells like it's a food smell. I'd be like, I like the smell of apple pie. But if someone, like, legit smelled like apple pie all the time, it'd be weird. <laughs> that's, th- okay, that's true. Yeah. Like, when you have someone who has, like, a good scent, you're not like, oh, yeah, I want to eat that. <laughs> But when we think about Bella and Edward, they're never, like, really talking about much else than, like, one, that Edward can't read her mind and he thinks that's intriguing and interesting and that she smells really good. It's like, those are the two things he's like, mm, that's what I like about her. So, I don't know. It's It felt like a low blow. Okay, fine. <laughs> so, she asks him how he was able to get the venom out and he's like, it was impossible to stop. Impossible. But I did it. I must love you. I'm like, I don't think that word impossible means what you think it means because impossible <laughs> means you can't do it what's that from i don't think that word means what you think it means that's from princess bride there you go thank yeah. you way to be there the word means what you think it means yeah so then she apologizes for like everything that she did and he says that he thought it was irrational and that she should have waited for him but he understands why she did it um going to see james and you know sacrificing herself and trying to save her mom i, I mean like i know here that you feel like this was like kind of a a more gentle response than what you might expect from Edward. I think mm-hmm. part of that's because she's in the hospital. I think part yeah. of it's because like he knows he would have done the same thing. Like mm, if it were Carlisle or something. Well, or or just like if it were. I'm trying to think of how the scenario could exactly be reversed. But I mean, basically, he he would want to protect her in order to go do something dangerous. He would sacrifice himself for her, and that's kind of in her okay. mind what she was doing here. Like he thinks it's irrational and stupid because he knows. She was doing it for Edward, though. Right. Yes. You're right. She wasn't doing it for Edward, which actually I like. That's another thing I like about this book is that the, like, final moment, the battle here is not her trying to, like, protect Edward. She's, like, sort of protecting him by, like, not getting him involved, even though yeah. James wouldn't kill Edward, though. It was just that her mom would probably die. Yeah. So that is as bonus points. You accidentally walked yourself into, like, a positive about Twilight here. So you like that Edward wasn't involved in, like, the final conflict. I. It's not that I like that he wasn't involved. I like that for... I'm trying to debunk the most common criticisms about Twilight. Mm. And the most common criticism is that Bella is like a bad role model and bad main character because Mm -hmm. her only interests are in this guy. And I think that that's wrong. Like, I I do feel like she does have a lot of interest in him, but I think Mm -hmm. that like the fact that the big moment here is that she chooses to sacrifice herself and try to save her mom rather than just have a happy life with Edward or be not happy, there'd be the asterisk of her mom being murdered. But like... she thinks. So she thinks. Right. Exactly. In her okay, mind. Okay, so she's, you're saying this is a positive because she wasn't like completely self-sacrificing just for this like relationship. It was actually more of like a, a moment where she was a little more three-dimensional and like thinking about other relationships. Yeah, it shows that she cares about more people than just Edward. And maybe yeah. some people still don't find that to be that good, but like, I mean, part of the reason that she separated herself from Edward and went to Phoenix in the first place was to lead James away from her dad and she even mentions in that chapter, like, and all of her high school friends, like, what if the tracker started going after Jessica or Mike or, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Lauren. Oof. 
<laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we get some more details about what happened. This is, we kind of talked about it last chapter, but this is where he explains about James being torn apart by Jasper and Emmett, and they had to leave the room because they couldn't handle the amount of blood that was already mm-hmm. in there from Bella, which is also like why we kind of skipped over this, but this is why James sort of stopped taunting her and torturing her was because when he threw her into the wall and she cut her head on the mirror, she started bleeding so much that it distracted him and he lunged for her to try and and bite her, uh, which is, you know, what happened when she Mm -hmm. luckily protected her face and just got bitten on her hand. Does she have a scar from that? They'll talk about it in the next book. Okay. Yes, she does have a scar from that. Cool. It's it's one of my my parts I like. I used to have a cut on my hand that I think I got in like high school from Mm -hmm. like a briar patch or like playing in the woods or something. And it was a semicircle cut on my hand that looked very similar to how they describe the cut. And I used to be like, oh, it's my vampire bite. Because for me, like, a small scrape will last for like years. So <laughs> I had it for a long time. But I still have scars on my hand from like the cat that I grew up with, Skittles. Oh, and it yeah. wasn't because she was mean. It was because I was a little jerk and I would like mess with her when she didn't want to be messed with. Oh, <laughs> and she gosh. would scratch me, which she should have. But yeah, I still have scars on my hands from her. It's like a nice little memory. Skittles. A nice Aww. little memory of you when, you, <laughs> when yeah, I was a little jerk. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Edward is going to talk about how Alice watched the tapes and he gets um, kind of and he gets murderized. He says that <laughs> Alice and him watched the tapes so that Alice mm. would understand what Bellida was talking about, about Alice's past. Yeah. Um, he's very upset here, which again I'm just inferring is because he was upset at watching the tapes of Bella getting tortured as well and like you know, mm-hmm. her legs stepped on and whatnot. They have a moment where the, Edward makes a lot of jokes in like these next couple, this chapter and the uh, epilogue about like, oh, you're so brave when you have to go fight a vampire, but like, oh, a little thing like a needle or a little thing like a dance or whatever. Yeah. She really doesn't like the IV needle in her arm. So he's like, oh, okay. So a needle is not okay, but a sadistic vampire, you just run right in. It's gross. Yeah. She like gets confused for a moment and she's like, wait, why are you here? And they like, it's enunciated like that. Like the you is italicized. Why are you here? And she's meaning like, what in this fabric story. What have we, like, come up with in the fabricated story of why you're here in Phoenix? But if someone asks you, like, why are you here? Obviously he's gonna misunderstand and he's like, I can leave if you want. And then they have a weird moment of like, no, that's not what I meant. I want you to stay. And it was just like, I see what you wrote. You wrote, it's a joke, Rachel. Chill. Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, what's the point of this? <laughs> so you don't, yeah, I feel like Rachel's very critical of any kind of commentary that's like, it, not essential to what's happening. But so here's, let me read it the way that like I do it in my head because I I feel like it's moments like this. It's lines like this that are, by the way, spoilers, not in the movie, that I think really differentiate the book character from the movie character, which is that I I feel like Bella, this is Bella like being, you know, funny, being a little sarcastic, trying to lighten the mood. That's a lot of this conversation, while there's parts of it, especially that we're about to get to, are like much more serious. There's parts 
parts that I think are very lighthearted and kind of funny. And she says, I rolled my eyes. I was pleased to discover that this reaction at least was pain free. I decided to change the subject. Why are you here? I asked. He stared at me, first confusion and then hurt touching his eyes. His brow pulled together as he frowned. Do you want me to leave? No, I protested, horrified by the thought. No, I meant like, why does my mother think you're here? I need to have my story straight before she gets back. I think that's funny. I think it's just a little (laughs) joke. It's a joke to show that she can, despite like her own thoughts, like say a human sentence and and he's not keeping up with her internal monologue of like the fact that she's changing the conversation and he is, uh, you know, he is so like fixated on the more serious elements that he can't, like he doesn't switch, you know, to keep up with her that fast, which I think is good character development. I I see what you're saying (laughs) and I do think there have been moments like that throughout the book that like he's that are in the movies that are like they are good moments of like a little give and take and it's funny I think a lot of those have ended up being your like best quotes from the chapters and like they're good those are funny the little give and takes this one they like I think it just read weird for me I kind of interpreted it as like they're bad at communicating with each other and like aren't getting across what they're trying to say to each other and then they end up accidentally hurting each other and then uh yeah it it doesn't matter that much it's like a tiny line but it is it read weird it comes down to again the perspective of me liking parts of the character and liking those elements yeah. and you being like i already, <laughs> I already don't <laughs> like this person why are yeah. they being weird yeah, yeah. okay yeah, you're it. right i get it um the <clears throat> other part that we kind of skipped over before was the great part the, another one of my favorite lines by the way where he's talking about how he came to phoenix with alice and carlisle of course he came here with parental supervision mm-hmm. which i think is really funny just like oh right, ha, ha, he's, he's i'm 17, 17. <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally 17 guys yeah. yeah so his parents like flew him to phoenix so he could go calm his girl down is the fabricated story yes then he kisses her and she's like connected to a heart monitor and her heart stops for a little bit which is very concerning see a doctor oh my god <laughs> it's very concerning i don't think i mean look i don't know anything medical but i feel like your heart doesn't actually stop when this happens i I googled this what'd you find okay i didn't do a deep dive so if this might not be like (laughs) medically correct at all i literally googled like can your heart skip a beat and like heart palpitations happen from i didn't even click on any links it was like you know the information box that google (laughs) pops up like (laughs) that's what i'm going off of that little box from google said that yes your heart can skip a beat like a palpitation it can like stop for a second and like just miss one and like that is okay but i don't know it's probably not great there are plenty of times where something will happen where I will feel like my heart skips a beat, but I'm sure it's not actually doing it. I'm sure right. it's just like, you know, oh, like a jolt, right? Like you, you, um, oh, that was an intense moment or oh, that was really nerve wracking or whatever. But mm-hmm. I don't like the fact that she's hooked up to a, a monitor and they're trying to pass this off like this is a real thing that's happening. <laughs> you know, like, it's one thing if a character's like, oh my gosh, and then it felt like my heart like stood still yeah. together. But it's another thing when they're like, no, it literally is. It- it, it has stopped in this moment. She's like flatlining while they're making out in the hospital. 
<laughs> That's like literally kissing a dead person. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It does remind me again of when I went under for my wisdom teeth surgery because I was very like, I have not had a lot of surgeries in my life, only oral surgery. And the first time around, I don't have any memory of like when I went out. And this time I was like, I want to like see if I can like clock the moment when I become unconscious, basically. Mm. Like I'm trying to like remember it. So you fought it a little bit as you were like getting it's drowsy? Not, it's not exactly that I thought fought it. It was just like, first off, I was hooked up to a heart monitor and I could literally see it. I would hear the beeping and I could see the number changing. And anytime and during the prep for the 15 minutes beforehand, when someone would like walk into the room, my heart rate would like increase and it was start beeping <laughs> louder. It was super embarrassing because I was just really nervous. Yeah. And they were like, oh, hold, chill out. And I was like practicing, like trying to slow my breathing and actually watch it go down and stuff. And when they put the stuff in the IV, I like remember watching me like, oh, I wonder if my heart rate is going to start slowing down. And then I was watching and it was slowing down. And then I was like, oh, I'm tired. And then I went out <laughs> and I, I, I vividly remember the moment it happened. Wow. Um, I mean, it probably, I was probably like a couple more seconds before I actually was out, but I just don't remember it. But um, right. anyway, I, I this is the first time I've read this book since I have like really had yeah. surgery like that and gone under. And so I don't know, hit different this time. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't seem right. I've been hooked up to a monitor before. Yeah. So then we have like a whole situation where Bella is worried that when Edward steps away, because he says that her mom is coming into the room. And so she's afraid. She's like, oh, don't leave me. And But she, I like the fact that she is a self-aware enough person to realize that it's like an irrational fear. Although foreshadowing, it turns out it's not that irrational. Yeah, right. There was a ton of foreshadowing in this chapter. Like, I don't know yeah. how intentional it was, but there's Probably a lot of digital. like, say you'll never leave. And then he's like, we'll see. <laughs> I, like, something I'm not sure about, and I, I could look it up, but I feel like it, it's not really a quick Google, is yeah. I'm curious to know whether or not this book was written with the intent that it could potentially just be one book. Mm. Like, it kind of ends where it could just be one book, but there's yeah. a lot of, in the epilogue, there's a lot of setup to like, right. especially with the whole Jacob situation. There's a lot that's like, oh, hey, there's probably going to be another book. Mm -hmm. And maybe if it had flopped, you know, it ends well enough where it could yeah. theoretically not have another one, but right. it definitely feels like they're setting up for more of a story. Definitely. It's not like a complete cliffhanger. Like, you're right. If it had flopped, Stephanie Meyer wouldn't have had to have felt bad for the fans for, like, never getting a sequel. If she, like, didn't want to write anymore. Um, right. If it had flopped. Like, it was a, it was concise enough, but yeah. I wonder, like, how much, how well formed the idea for the sequel was when she was writing this. I don't know. I mean, let me see, like, when, so New Moon book... So New Moon was released in the 21st of August 2006 and Twilight had come out October 2005. So there was only one year in between when they were both released, which is pretty quick. Mm -hmm. So assuming that she was already writing it. Yeah. I, yeah, I could believe that there was already a plan. Yeah, especially with this chapter in the next the epilogue. So uh, we can get through some of the rest of this conversation. Renee, who is Bella's mom, is going to show up and she's very, oh, poor Bella, you're hurt, and blah, 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 blah. And she's also like, this guy never leaves, huh? And she's like pointing at Edward. He's pretending to be asleep. Yeah, there's kind of some stuff here about the fact that like Renee is someone who is very perceptive of like what's going on. Like Bella mentions a couple times that she knows she's not going to be able to hide her expressions or lie to her mom. And so she's going to yeah. have to say some form of the truth, even though she still tries to like stay kind of guarded. Like instead of like outright saying that Edward's her boyfriend or saying that she's in love with him, she's like, oh, I'm pretty crazy about him. And he 
he's definitely mm-hmm. part of the reason I want to stay. But also there's other stuff. So she's she's shown as being kind of perceptive, but she's also shown as being someone who herself like shows all her emotions and thoughts. Like she's not subtle. Like she's not going to like just ask. She's not going to be able to be like, oh, Bella, why, why are you staying? And she like glances between like very obviously glances between her and Edward and is like, yeah. Ah. So is that why? Um, right. So she's an interesting person. Very, very different from Charlie, who's much more reserved. Yeah. You can tell she's very social. She's asking, like, why sh- why Bella? We should say first. So her mom tells her that Phil, Bella's stepdad, was signed by the Suns in Florida. So instead of doing the, like, back and forth thing, her mom, Renee, is like, Bella, we can move to Jacksonville now. And we can have, like, a permanent place in Jacksonville. Hopefully with a phone. Yeah. Hope they get a freaking phone, man. Ugh. They got a nice house, they said. Hope it has a phone in there. If I were Bella after this whole scenario, I'd be like, Mom, you really need to get a cell phone just in case I never contact you. <laughs> I know you don't know why this is so important, but you need a phone. Yeah, Bella best be giving her mom a phone for like Mother's Day or whatever's oh coming up next. Right. So yeah, Renee's like, yeah, so we can move to Jacksonville. It's like super sunny. I know you hate the cold. I hate the cold. We're gonna be so happy in Jacksonville. And Bella's like, no, I live in Forks. And her mom's kind of taken aback. Like, I thought you hated Forks. Again, goes back to the very beginning of like, why did Bella move there? But anyway. I I do think it's funny when she's like, no, Bella, but Bella, you hate Forks. (laughs) Like, trying to remind (laughs) Bella of her own personality. She's not like, I thought you hated Forks. She's like, oh no, you hate Forks. Just telling her. But Bella's like, no, I have friends now, and I'm like established in school, and Charlie really needs me. He doesn't know how to cook. And her mom's kind of like, uh-huh. Yeah, anything else? <laughs> and she says, she's like doing the, guy, the eyes at Edward. And she's basically like, Bella, I think this guy's in love with you. <laughs> And this is when so. Bella responds with the line that I said earlier of like, oh, I'm pretty crazy about him too. And mm-hmm. she she even like internally thinks like there, yeah, that's like a normal human response. And I know that like a lot of this is supposed to be setting up for the fact that here's the thing. We're going to find out in a couple seconds here. Bella wants to be turned into a vampire. She wants mm-hmm. to live her life with Edward. And in order to have your main character want that and you as a reader to like also want that, you have to get around to the idea that like you have to be okay with the fact that Bella wants to essentially end her human life. Mm-hmm. And that's like kind of a big pill to swallow as someone who's reading a book being like, wait, but like, n- not only do I need to want that to happen, I need to understand why that's like a good thing for Bella, mm-hmm. right? And so they spend a lot of time in the book writing Bella as someone who doesn't fit in with the human world, doesn't Ooh. really get human friendships, doesn't like, she's a little bit different. Maybe she's, I mean, there's also like stuff that's different about her like the Edward not being able to read her voice or hear her thoughts and that kind of thing. But I I think like this is the part where I really, again, disagree with the idea that Bella is supposed to be this like cookie cutter box that any reader can fit themselves into. The fact that they don't give her a ton of uh, like a description on like what she looks like, I agree with that part. And I think that there's a certain type of reader and I don't want to like characterize because I don't really feel like I fit the stereotype of like vampire book lover or whatever, which (laughs) like is a subclass of of a genre of people yeah. and no hate that's like a thing but I'm not like a I, I'm not I'm not exactly that type of person really but I like this story and I like I like this character or I like this relationship between Bella and Edward but I don't identify with Bella in a lot of ways there's parts that I identify I identify with a lot of her emotions but I don't identify with her 
her like extreme clumsiness with the fact that she doesn't fit into the human world because I do like Mm -hmm. I I do I'm sorry I fit in I got friends like I I enjoy everyday things I do not feel like oh it's a great like let me end my life to be with a person like I'm sorry that's not how I that's I don't identify with that I can read the character and get into that but I do not find her to be particularly relatable in a lot of ways like there's the there's the like oh likes to read books like a little more quiet like introverted part that sometimes I do identify with but I think it's wrong when people say that like oh Belle is a character written so that any reader can fit themselves into because I don't think that's true I just I don't personally identify with her interesting I hear what you're saying I think there are certain parts that like make it easy to do that like they don't really describe what she looks like for a long time in the book and that makes it easy in the beginning especially because like the demographic Stephanie Meyer was probably targeting was like high school aged girls right Um, so I think some there are some parts of it that make it easy to kind of put yourself into the story but now that you're saying that it's like most people have a lot of close relationships and would not be willing to like essentially sever all of them for some dude <laughs> and and this isn't it's not just that that's like this is a trope right that like mo- you see it a lot in movies and tv shows where it's like the loner kid slash nerdy girl who's like actually extremely attractive and like why would they not have any friends or like sometimes you just have you know tv shows or movies where someone has like one friend and it's like this person would have more than one friend like nobody has yeah. zero friends in school like nobody has one friend and I, maybe i'm generalizing 99 percent of people <laughs> like i i guess you know maybe i, I don't want to say that nobody does but i feel like even the like quote-unquote nerdy kids or like the weird kids or whatever like in our school like they they had friends like everybody's got a group you know maybe yeah. you need to maybe it's hard to find maybe you have to go to a different school or have friends who don't go to your school but like i don't Just know I, I, like-minded people yeah and so i'm not saying that that's bella but i think that there is a stereotype and a classification of like the types of people that want to read while they're teenagers in middle school or high school or maybe they're more introverted maybe they maybe they feel like they don't fit in whatever and like that's certainly a thing to some extent not not necessarily this extreme but that's a an end also not to this extreme do most people have these feelings about their first relationship either i think that mm-hmm. it's representative of with that while being a clear exaggeration mm-hmm. and i think that that's like all of bella like my my biggest thing that i would say if you could change one thing about these books as a whole i would change bella's clumsiness i think it's ridiculous <laughs> i think that i mean we it's make fun so of the fact overdone. that she's a potato because it's extremely overdone having someone who's Does a little bit clumsy the rest of the books i mean it's somewhat it's not as bad but yeah. it certainly happens somewhat i i think there's there's parts that get better i think having someone who is injury prone makes sense because it's that kind of dynamic of like yeah. he has to save her because he literally can't let her get injured or else he'll want to suck her blood <laughs> like right i get and that it juxtaposes them yeah i get that her extreme clumsiness makes him by you know seem even more graceful and mm-hmm. amazing than he already is so i get that but i just feel like you could make her just like a little bit clumsy she doesn't need to be like yeah. a hazard to herself and others <laughs> like do a little stumble rather than like fall on the floor three times during volleyball through a window through a window while playing volleyball yeah um okay interesting i see what you're saying though in this moment i like just kind of it clicked for me it was like yeah this is not relatable like i would not be like i'm ready to leave my entire family and my friends and like give up this human life <laughs> I, yeah i mean it took me all book to really formulate that thought but i feel it was good feel good Thank about you. it now yeah good one <laughs> 
Renee leaves. Oh, something I thought was interesting. Renee was like, when she first walked in, she was like, it's Friday. Or Bella was like, how long have I been asleep? She's like, it's Friday. And then we don't really know what day it was, like when she passed out, but it's implied it's been a few days. And her mom is like, yeah, the doctors had to sedate you for so long because of your injuries. Is that, that's not a thing doctors do. Like sedate you for days because of an injury. That's like a forced coma. Here's the thing. I'm going to try to figure this out real quick. Okay. Yeah. Let me know what day it was. It's going to be hard, but I'm going to try to figure (laughs) out what day it was. I'm going to look too. It's been over a hundred pages and we're like still on, like we we were on the same day for quite a while there. So gosh, I'm trying to figure out what day they went to the meadow or to his house. (laughs) Um, Maybe Stephanie Meyer forgot what day it was too. So she was just like, eh. I don't know. It's been a few days. It's Friday now. I remember it being a school night when they went out to the baseball game. Yes. And I think it might have been a Sunday. So it might have been a Sunday, mm-hmm. which would make sense to me because I think they went out to Saturday. They went on Saturday to their walk. It's been less than a week since they went on their walk to the meadow. In the meadow. Okay. Then Sunday was the baseball game. Then also when she started oh, running it's away. Saturday. It's Saturday, I'm used. Okay. So it was Saturday when they went to the... the when they went to the meadow. Game. To the meadow. the meadow. So it's Sunday when they go to the baseball game. Okay, so let's let's count this out. It's Sunday when they go to the baseball game, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be like they drive overnight. They drive right? overnight. So is that Sunday night into, into Monday? Monday. So that's Monday. They're at the hotel, I think, for two days. So or so at least Wednesday. a day and a half. So it's let's like say Wednesday. Wednesday. So let's say it's either like Tuesday evening or Wednesday when she or Wednesday evening when she gets hurt. One of so those she's two. Literally been in an induced coma for like two to three days. Yeah, that doesn't. Seem right. right. No, Friday. Yeah, you're right. Two to three days. That's there's no way. That seems bad. <laughs> That's bad. That's a bad medical advice. I mean, like, she's gotta eat, man. <laughs> I mean, I guess she probably has like stuff in her IV. I don't know. I don't think you can can you do food through an IV? Like they could keep her hydrated. Well, but... yeah, I mean that's you don't need food. Like, I mean they like you have food content. I mean, you it's need... encouraged. <laughs> but you need you need stuff from food. You need electrolytes, you need proteins, you can get that. You you don't need <laughs> <laughs> Don't justify this. They put her in a coma for three days. It's not good. I don't no. think that's safe. I don't think that's correct. I, I, yeah. Again, not a medical professional. I just don't think this is right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, medical professionals tweet at us. In any universe, is this something that a doctor would do? <laughs> It, let us know because I just feel like it's not. It can't be. Um. Anyway, so <laughs> all right, Renee is gonna leave, and Edward and Bella are gonna have a lot of arguing back and forth. He's like, "Why don't you want to go to Florida? I assumed you would." And she's like, "What are you talking about? You can't go to Florida." And he's like, "Well, no, I would stay in Forks." And she's like, "Hold up, why would you even say that? Are you breaking up with me?" Except it, here's the thing: she never uses the term "breaking up with me." She's always like, "You're leaving me. How would you leave me?" It's very dramatic. Well, they've never said their boyfriend and girlfriend. It's almost right. like it wouldn't be a breakup. It would be a like He did tell her to tell Charlie that he was her boyfriend. Oh, you're right. Okay. So like that kind of happened. But yeah. <laughs> that counts, yeah. They don't refer to themselves in that way because it's yeah. so much more powerful than that. It's so much more. <laughs> Which, you wouldn't understand. We're like so much more than yeah, the book is so long that I it's never clicked before how much of the book takes place over a couple days. <laughs> because the first part of the book takes place over months. Yeah. So it's like the first half of the book is months and the second half of the book is like <laughs> five a days, days. And a lot of those days she's blacked out in a coma. So like, <laughs> yeah. 
It's a lot. It's a lot. Not great. So Bella is like freaking out and she's like, swear to me, you won't leave me. And he doesn't really swear that. He's like, I won't leave you as long as you're happy, as long as it's good for you. And she's like, those aren't the same thing. And that's not what I'm asking. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, well, you know, I don't seem to be strong enough to leave you anyway. So you'll probably get lucky, which again is like not not promising that he won't leave her. Yeah, got some foreshadowing there. Foreshadowing. That's what we call foreshadowing. <laughs> Wait, what's that from? That's, that's from a Harry Potter call- musical. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's right. And that's what we call some foreshadowing. We're gonna, this is what we're gonna put on the Instagram. A gif. If, I don't know, is that allowed? Can we, can we turn yeah. that into a gif? Okay. I'm gonna do it. Content for the Instagram. You're gonna turn what into a gif? You're gonna turn the line the from-, from a Harry Potter musical. Okay, and that's yeah. what we call foreshadowing. <laughs> Okay, so then, I don't know, that just kind of trails off and it's like, well, we'll see what happens there. And then she starts a new conversation. She's like, okay, so why didn't you just let the venom spread and just turn me into a vampire? And at first he's mad because he's like, Alice wasn't supposed to tell you that. So he's just kind of like angry for a while as she's just kind of like throwing questions at him. Like, it'd be so much easier. I'm going to get old one day. You should have just let it happen. And then he's like, he's coming back and he's like, you don't want this life, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I can't remember. I feel like I'm mixing up the epilogue and this chapter, the end of this chapter, because it was a lot of the same conversation. But they kind of enter this argument of like... I found it. I'm sending it Is to there you. a gif? No, I, I'm just sending you the, the clip. Like, oh, okay. I, I found it where, where it's in this. It's a little bit different. He doesn't say that's what I call foreshadowing. He sa- he mentions something that's foreshadowing, and then he's like, now can anyone tell me what foreshadowing is? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, so they enter this argument that they're not going to come to an agreement on by the end of this book, which is Bella has decided she wants to be a vampire so they can spend forever together. And Edward does not want to turn her into a vampire because he doesn't want to take her humanity away and, as he said, damn her to the world of the night or something like that. It's very dramatic. It's very dramatic, but it also, like, makes sense. Yeah, very considerate of him. Yeah. And it's a they huge have, decision. They have this kind of discussion where she's like, she gets to the point where he says, you know, it's different the fact that I'm a vampire because I was dying. My life was already over. And she's like, well, I was almost dying. And he's like, yeah, but you'll survive. And she starts to really formulate this idea that like, no, but I am going to die eventually. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm getting older. I'm going to die. And I don't want to die. I want to be with you. And this is the part where it's like, okay, now I have sort of back on her side of like, yeah, I get it. If you're a vampire and you're going to live forever, she's going to want that too. The difficult part is the fact that he's like 17, like in his human body. And therefore, she wants to get as close to to that as possible. Right. Because if they wait until she's like 72 and then turn her, then it's like, yeah, one day. I mean, at that point, Edward is still older than her, but it's just like, you know, they're going to look like a 72-year-old and a 17-year-old. Your human mind does not even finish developing until you're like, what, 25, 26? Mm-hmm. That prefrontal cortex. So it's kind. this kind of reminds me of, well, it reminds me of a lot of things. It reminds me of when very young people who are in their first relationship are like, oh, this person's my soulmate. Could be true. There are plenty of people I know who have married the person who they dated, like, you know, from the start. My parents being one of them. That's fine. Makes sense. Sure. (laughs) But there's also a lot of people who make blanket statements about things like, oh, I never want to have kids or, oh, I'm not the kind of person who would ever move to this city or have this job or whatever. And maybe some of those people, and they say these things when they're teenagers, maybe some of those people truly do feel that way. I mean, we don't even have to get that dramatic. There are 
other people who have like political ideas or, you know, social ideas that they they have. And I mean, I am not the same person I was two years ago. Mm -hmm. And I'm in my 20s. But like, when you're a teenager, your mind can still change on things. So I get why she might be feeling this way right now. But like, right, you might you might change your mind. There might be things that you don't know about life that you want. Keep in mind, it's been less than a week since he decided not to kill you. Yeah. And you decided to date, kind of, but like more than dating because it's special. So Plenty special. Of time for your mind to change for the rest of your life. I think I'm on Edward's side with this. He's like, you need to think about this, man. I am on Edward's side for the not turning into her, her into a vampire part. Yeah. I'm not on the Edward side about the very dramatic self-deprecating, I'm the one putting you in danger. I'm the reason why you're hurt. Like, mm. has he really not been remembering all those times he did save her life? And we'll talk about that more later. Anyway, and that's pretty much the end of the chapter. They argue some more and Bella's like, I'm betting on Alice because mm. the whole Alice thinking that, you know, having right? a vision where she turns into a vampire so yeah the nurse comes in because edward's like you're getting too worked up and he calls the nurse (laughs) and they give her some more drugs to put her back in her coma (laughs) which can't be right again but um they're like chatting and she's kind of drifting off and she he kisses her and she's like thanks (laughs) have you ever said thanks after being kissed thanks (laughs) i don't know i feel like i feel like that was maybe not something i said but i feel like after my first kiss it was something i thought <laughs> <laughs> thanks thanks oh my god thanks oh my god a kiss thanks oh my god <laughs> like an avocado oh my god it's yeah, an, avocado. an avocado oh my god thanks. it's a kiss thanks, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> i guess she's drugged but it, it made me laugh that's what she would say if like her first kiss was mike she would say it like the avocado kid <laughs> god a kiss thanks, thanks. <laughs> Oh, so true. That was a good bit. And the thing is, that's technically the end of the book. Like, that's weird. Oh, yeah. That's like a weird spot to end it. This is is a book that has an epilogue that, like, needs an epilogue. You can't just have (laughs) a book end there. No, as I was reading the epilogue, I was like, this shouldn't be an epilogue. This should just be chapter 23. (laughs) Wait, no, 25. Now, I'm trying to remember. I think, I think when I was reading this book, I knew that the other books were already out. That the next, at least next one, if not next two were already out. I think potentially even when I was reading this book, like a friend of mine was on the next one and was like, oh, like Anna, I think Anna was reading the second one. I was like, oh, I'm on the second one. I think because, I, but I'm trying to put myself back into the memory of like, you know, when you're reading a book for the first time and you get to the epilogue and your mind immediately assumes that it's going to be like a five years later or something like that. And I'm trying to remember if I was afraid that they were going to do something like that, but safe to say it's like only a couple days to weeks later. Mm-hmm. Right. Her Turns leg's still okay. broken. Yes, her leg is still broken, but we get a little bit of, I wrote this as a note later down, but I'm going to mention it up front here. Uh, Things have changed in Bella's life. Some time has passed and she now has some things like curfew, visiting hours, more rules and restrictions that are based on the fact that she jaunted off across the country. (laughs) You know, it wasn't actually that far. She just went to Phoenix. Like, in my mind, she, like, pieced it really far away, but she went, like, a couple states over. It's not that big of a deal. It's pretty far on the West Coast, though. I mean, it is. It was, like, a, you know, 10-hour, or what did we say? It was, like, a 24-hour drive, but they somehow made it an eight. It, like, didn't really make any sense. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. We we did the calculation at one point. It's a good distance. Yeah, but still, it's not, like, I mean, that's the distance of, like, me and Virginia going to, like, Texas. Like, it's, Mm -hmm. it's not like I'm going to California from Virginia. Yeah. Anyway, it's still a big deal. I get it. Okay. Right. She ran away in a yeah. fluster. She ran uh, away. In a fluster. <laughs> she ran away all flustered. <laughs> in a flurry? I don't know what you're in trying to say. 
I don't know. I think that's what I was trying to say. In a fluster. (laughs) That's not right. (laughs) But the other thing that I think is interesting here is we get a little bit of filling in on some of the stuff that's happened since, such as her and Alice becoming closer friends, and um, she spent some time at the the Cullen's house hanging out. They they almost like do like a throwaway comment of like, oh, I'm not going over to your house anymore if blah, blah, blah. And it's implied that she spends a bit Mm -hmm. of time hanging out with them, which is kind of like it makes sense, but it, it, it we've almost gone like too far extreme in the other direction of a few chapters ago, she was going to the Collins house for the first time and everything was a big deal and she really wasn't, I mean, I guess this is like near-death experience brings people closer together and mm-hmm. now they're more chill, but it's like all of a sudden it's like, whoa, they have like pretty much like a normal relationship, yeah. it seems like. She's hanging out at her boyfriend's house. Yeah. It's like the kind of deal where she can just walk in and she doesn't have yeah. to knock. Yeah. Uh, she says that she's pretty close with Alice and Emmett because Emmett finds her hilarious because she falls down and stuff a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. This little tiny throwaway line here does so much to flesh out the reader perception of what the Emmett character is. Emmett was someone who, again, like when I read this book for the very first time, he was one of my favorite characters. He's almost not in it at all. They mention him a couple times. I don't know if he even says anything, at least to Bella. Like, I, I don't, I can't even really imagine. But after reading this book and maybe like another couple, but in, in between when I was, um, yeah, I don't, I don't even think the fourth book had come out yet. Uh, I, I, I read some Twilight fan fiction, a lot of it very like sort of lighthearted, like basically just Bella as a human, like hanging out with the vampires and like what a day in the life might be like, just sort of like going over their house and hanging out. And, and there's a lot of like this sort of collective fan base impression of who, who Emmett is as a personality, even though he's pretty much not in not only this book, but like all of the books. He has like the wow. least character development out of all of the vamp- spoilers. If you were hoping for a lot of Emmett content, he's like, he's a fan favorite, but he's barely in them. <laughs> I guess she just did a really good job of creating this character in like a few lines. It's something that I find interesting because I've noticed this about like other things. Like this is a, this might be out there, but there's a, a Dungeons and Dragons podcast, for example. The Adventure Zone. Yeah, the Adventure Zone. And like the fan base collectively sort of came up with what an idea of these characters look like. And there's a lot of different fan art out there, but it all sort of follows like the same general idea. Even though they never really like described in detail what the characters look like, it's like the fan base sort of collectively all had the same idea of what they looked mm-hmm. like. So I sometimes that like happens. I, I don't know. I don't know why yeah. I thought this was like an interesting thing. That no, <laughs> it is like interesting. Because I can I can picture like what I think Sans and Papyrus sound like. Yeah. And I, I don't, they don't have voice, but I do think, you know, when they're speech like pops up on the yeah. screen and like it makes a little it sound. It kind of makes a noise. Yeah. They're different. Like with Sans like bah, 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 bah. Mm. <laughs> and the Papyrus it's more like mi- militant like da da da. I can't do it. Yeah. But Hi um, I'm Papyrus. <laughs> That's how I always picture him to be like really high pitch. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. It is interesting how like you can kind of flesh out a character without doing much. <laughs> you just gotta use the right words. Yeah. There's like a very big implied idea that Emmett is this like hulking dude who's actually like really just a teddy bear he's like a little bit like kind of goofy the, he's goofy he's not the strategic mastermind he's like m- probably into things like pranks he's probably like very big on like innuendo and 
I don't know, being goofy and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, we learn that she's close with them now. We also learn a little bit about Charlie's reaction to Bella's near-death experience. We learn that he became, like, super thankful towards Carlisle and that he hates Edward. (laughs) Which, like, I can't really blame him. Like, the last thing Charlie saw was Bella going on her first date with him. Remember, he came over to Charlie's house to pick up Bella and they had the thing where they sat down in the living room for like 0.5 seconds and yeah Yeah, he was like you take care of my girl and what did he do he did not take care of his girl she came home from the first date like screaming and crying and was like Edward leave me alone and then was like Charlie just let me go and then ran away to a different city and fell down a flight of stairs and smashed through a window and almost died while Edward was chasing her so like yeah if I were Bella's dad I'd be like this guy's trouble <laughs> I'm on team Charlie with this like you cannot blame him I, I'm always on team Charlie I really am absolutely I think it's funny that Edward's like he's also on team Charlie <laughs> he's like yeah <laughs> it's totally my fault feel bad yeah. for, all, for yeah, doing all this right. stuff Edward is taking Bella on a special surprise outing and we learn that as we're learning all these things about Charlie and the Collins and Alice did a quote unquote guinea pig Barbie makeup and hair look to Bella and like gave her one of her French designer dresses. Edward's wearing a tux and she like, she doesn't really know what's going on. Charlie calls Edward for some reason and Edward is like, what's going on? And Charlie's like, Tyler is here for Bella. Remember Tyler? Tyler's <laughs> yeah, the guy. Tyler? <laughs> I, yeah, we haven't heard about Tyler in a while, but Tyler's the guy who almost hit Bella with his car because of the ice and then Edward stopped it with his hand. Anyway, Tyler's at Charlie's house and Edward's like, like we know what's happening, but Edward's like, oh, tell Tyler that Bella's unavailable this evening. Sorry about your evening, Tyler. And then he like hangs up on him. And we put it together. Edward is taking her to the prom and she is immediately very upset. She's mad. She's crying. She's like, this is the worst thing you could possibly do. They get in the car. They're like fighting the whole way there. And it's just like... Guys, this is not cute. It's not cute. Don't make her do this thing she doesn't want to do. Yeah, he tries to explain it to her later as like, I took you to the prom because I want you to have all the human experiences and I don't want the fact that I'm unnatural and I'm a vampire to like affect that part of your life. But she totally has a point where she's like, I would not have gone to the prom of my own free will. Like, even if you weren't (laughs) in the picture, I'm not a prom person. Yeah, she's like, do you know me at all? I never would have gone to the prom, even if I'd never met you. This is something else. Prom hating is something that I'm just like I don't know why prom hating is such a trope like proms are I I think overhyping prom and making prom feel like it's the biggest best thing in the world is also stupid like prom (laughs) is just a school dance I mean like it's sort of a rite of passage I get where Edward's coming from in terms of like you should be able to experience this but hey guess what you're a vampire buddy and you're going to prom so like she could (laughs) as a vampire it's not like she couldn't (laughs) yeah you're not missing out on it yeah so I don't know I mean whatever Did you enjoy prom? I loved prom. Prom was so much fun. I just like, yeah, it wasn't like this is the highlight of my life, but it wasn't also like, oh my god, prom, so blah, 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 so stupid. It was just like you go and hang out with your friends. You like spend the day hanging out, like doing your hair, nails or whatever. You're just like talking with your friends. You're watching like stupid TV while you're doing it. It's just fun. It's like a day to hang out and then you dance and eat food. I'm trying to, did we get ready for prom together? I don't think we did. Like we took pictures before prom and we hung out after prom and we went to dinner 
dinner yeah. to actually did we did we go to dinner i think so went to the italian place yeah yeah so we did yeah. okay so we, yeah. we, we went to dinner together i, I was like i think we, <laughs> we did had some mushroom ravioli yeah oh yeah um <laughs> but i i like i remember hanging out with you at pr- I, here's a thing i don't really remember being at prom <laughs> like i remember before prom i remember after prom uh-huh. i actually don't remember getting ready because like i got picked up at my house by my date and then we went to the place where we all like met up to take pictures and so i have like pictures of my parents with me but i don't remember i don't remember like the getting ready process i guess i did maybe like maybe my sister did it with no she was in college i have no idea like, I, don't I don't remember i don't either. remember the getting ready i remember i remember junior year prom taking pictures at my house and then we went to another look we, we had multiple pre-prom locations for that one yeah. but i don't we definitely yeah. hung out after prom we definitely hung out after and during prom I, I don't really remember the prom mist though yeah oh, yeah we watched prom. the mist <laughs> <laughs> the, the best the movie to watch post prom was the mist, <laughs> and we made waffles. Yeah, I remember that my date slept in his tux because he was like, "I'm getting them, I'm getting the mo- my money's out of this one." Oh my! I thought that was really funny. <laughs> I'm getting my money's worth. Yeah, that is really funny. I forgot about that. And I remember sleeping on the floor, but I, yeah, I just I don't I don't remember the actual dance that much. Like I showed up. I don't even think we like took a picture at the like you know where you're supposed to like take a pre prom picture because me and my date. Somehow we got like in traffic and we like kind of showed up a little bit late. We were taking mm. pictures outside on on my like flip phone that I later broke and don't have evidence of these pictures anymore. But we were taking pictures <laughs> by like a red convertible we saw. And we were just like posing <laughs> next to it as if it was our car, <laughs> random car. Yeah, because we were all dressed up. Ooh, and that's I remember hilarious. like I remember going in and I remember briefly dancing. I remember enough to see the prom king and queen. Yeah, but I like don't really. I feel like I was only at the prom for maybe an hour. Like I feel like we weren't there that long. I remember. I remember dancing, but like only bits and pieces. Honestly, I feel like I remember junior prom more. Yeah, I feel like I, I remember more memories prom more. from junior prom for some reason because like there was like a live band. It was pretty entertaining. Yeah, I remember nothing about the music of no. my senior prom at all. Like senior prom, I remember being very fun and like I was like, yes, that was a good wrap up of high school. Yeah, but like when it comes down to like concrete memories, I don't have a lot. It just seems like a very good like closing thing. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it was like <laughs> a good no close. A good twilight to high school. Oh my gosh! Right. <laughs> all right. Let's let's wrap up this stupid <laughs> Back to book. Twilight. So, uh, all right. They get to prom. Blah blah blah. Edward's like, let's go dance, and he just kind of like twirls her around like she's a child. Like he, like yeah, she's, she's like standing, standing on his feet, feet, which like isn't super comfortable. No, you can't bend your knees. Like here's the thing: even if he's super strong, being lifted by someone isn't comfortable. It doesn't matter no. if they're strong or not. Right. It doesn't make it not hurt. I mean, getting lifted doesn't really hurt, but like if you're being held for a long time it does start to get uncomfortable what else is going on jacob shows up oh yeah uh-oh prom drama and and this i feel like was definitely put in here just to like preview another book why would this yes. scene be in here if there wasn't going to be another one definitely so he shows up and he's like you can tell he feels bad but he walks up and he's like hey can i talk to you for a second bella and edward's all like "Ugh, this guy but he walks <laughs> off <laughs> he walks off and then like bella and jacob start dancing together and she's like why are you at my prom? You don't even go to this school. <laughs> you don't even go here. <laughs> <laughs> 
And he's like, okay, I'm here because my dad paid me to come tell you something. He he wanted he wanted me to tell you to break up with your boyfriend. So Billy Black paid Jacob twenty dollars, which like that's not a lot to well, do this. Twenty dollars plus he said that he would buy him that T14 hyperdrive generator that he needs to finish Ooh, his car. So it's you're like right. it's very important stuff. Gotta get that T14 hyperdrive generator. It's implied that Bella like knows what he like what he was sent there for. Like she predicts yeah. that Billy was telling you. So she's like trying to be all chill about it. Like, oh haha, how silly of Billy. Right. Um, and there was something else. Oh, he Jacob was like, Billy also told me to tell you, and he was like, I'm not even gonna say this one. The T14 hyperdrive generator isn't worth it. And she was like, No, you're here, get your car parts, just say it. And he was like, Billy told me to tell you that we'll be watching you. <laughs> Which is like Bella was like, that's kind of mobby. And Jacob was like, I know, I hate it. Honestly, Jacob's like pretty chill in this scene. I enjoyed Jacob in this scene. I think it's kind of dumb when Bella's like, oh, any cute girls here you like? And he's like, yeah, but but she's already taken. Okay, yeah, that line was like, stupid. I didn't I like that. I think that's dumb. I yeah. think most people, even if they're like crushing on someone, if they have a significant other standing like right there, they're not gonna like say that. No. Also, I've, I've had people before be like, clearly I know they're interested in me and they'll be like, there's a girl I'm interested in. And it's like, what do you want me to do? You want me to say who? Like, <laughs> I know where this is going and I don't want it to go there. Like, have you ever had that happen to you? Yeah, occasionally. But it's like, yeah. I, again, I just try to like avoid the conversation or, or do what Bella kind of does of being like, oh, you should date someone else or whatever. Right. Yeah. It, I generally like Jacob in this scene, though, because he seems like he seems like pretty respectful towards like mm-hmm. her and Edward and like, you know, apologizes for cutting in. Like, Ed, he, I like when he, he says the like, we'll be watching you thing. He uses air quotes to like imply that it's not him saying and it's Billy. Yeah. Um, and that he right. clearly still doesn't believe in the whole vampire nonsense. Right. Like, he's a little upset that, like, he can't really have a crush on Bella anymore. I mean, he still does, but, like, he, he's respectful that, like, they're together. Um, but other than that, yeah, he's, like, super chill. He's But he delivers the message. And then he leaves. So that's what they call foreshadowing. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so he leaves. How many times do I have to say T14 hyperdrive generator before it becomes a thing? That's a joke that no one else is going to get. <laughs> I don't even know if I you get, get that joke. Do you get it? Okay. It's from Star Wars, right? Yeah, it's from Star Wars. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. At least someone got but, it. Okay. okay. Should, do we have to explain the joke? No. Let's no. not explain it. No. Make if guess. someone's curious, they'll look it up. Yeah. <laughs> I did mention the reason I put it in here is because the first time that he was talking about needing his car parts, <laughs> I called it that. Because <laughs> I, I couldn't remember what the real car part was. But yeah. anyway... And so Edward's a little bit salty because Jacob just called her pretty when she's like actually gorgeous and like, oh my God, Edward, chill. There is a great moment, highlight of the book for me. I burst out laughing when I read this. Edward's going to like swirl Bella around and like take her outside to have a private chat. And on her way out there, she notices all the human friends like dancing and she's like, Mike with Jessica and Angela with tiny Ben Chaney, who's a guy who's a head shorter than her that she likes. And that's a subplot that like I thought was a much bigger deal but turns out it's like barely in this book stay tuned <laughs> yeah for we've never Midnight met Sun. this guy before no who's we haven't been? and that's why the movie was like who's this guy let's just put eric back in because we know who eric is <laughs> yeah eric's not in this at all no he's not they mention freaking lee and samantha who i was like oh my god i forgot about lee 
<laughs> but he's on my team. So <laughs> I don't remember why. They introduced him at the beach. Like, yeah. we were supposed to know who they were. And then they never mentioned them again. They never mentioned them again. But Lee and Samantha now. dancing. And then they're like, and Lauren glaring towards us with Connor. <laughs> oh, we got another Lauren moment. I'm so uh. happy that they knew exactly what we wanted. They're like, all right. Uh. We haven't had enough Lauren in the last several chapters because Bella hasn't been at school and then she was in a coma. So let's bring some Lauren back because we know that's what you guys were missing. And I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I was missing. Thank you. Absolutely. Stephanie Meyer knew what the people wanted and she delivered. Thank you. I just can't get over this like hatred (laughs) from Lauren. So great. I know. Lauren is like, Bella almost died recently and she's just chilling at the prom with her boyfriend and her cast and she's like, hmm. How dare she come back to school in one piece? How dare she survive her horrific injuries? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, finally they're outside and she's like, what we talked about earlier, she asked Edward why he brought her to the prom finally. And he's like, I just wanted you to have, like, I didn't want you to miss on your normal human stuff. And then they kind of get back into the argument of like, Bella wants to be a vampire and Edward doesn't want to make that decision for her. So, but he kind of tricks her and he's like, oh, so you're ready right now. And she's like, yeah. (laughs) And then they do the whole like, I'm gonna bite your neck. No, I'm not. And the the whole fake out. He's like, oh, you really thought I was gonna do that? And she's like, a girl can dream. No, just Would keep you like going. To close I, it out. I, I love, I love hearing you just restate the book in that way. Yeah, and 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 that's it. And he's like, "Can it just be enough? You know, to have it?" Nope, that's the quote from the movie. They don't even say that. Uh, <laughs> he's like, "I just want to be with you forever, or whatever." And then he's like, "Isn't it enough that I love you a lot?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's enough for forever." And that's the end. And that's the end of the epilogue. Yay! And my book contained the the next chapter or the first chapter of the second book, which I did not. So read. Did mine. No, I, I didn't sc- stop there. That's for the next podcast. Yes. Well, so, several down the road. Let's go ahead and close out our segments while we're here and then we can debrief a little. First off, we just mentioned it. We got an F Lauren in the epilogue, oh, which brings God. us to a grand total of 10, which while that may not seem like a lot, it's basically one every other chapter. So pretty think good. Think about how many pretty times characters other than Bella and Edward are mentioned in this book. 10 F Laurens. There are more amazing. F Laurens than there are entire moments with Emmett. So that's amazing. Love it. Masterpiece. Our vampire base scale, I wanted to update with the neck kiss. I don't know. Do we want to put that at 12? Do you you have a better spot for it? We had a kiss below the jaw, but I feel like a neck kiss with a vampire, that's like pretty intense, right? That is pretty intense, especially when she's like thinking he's going to bite her. What about sucking the blood out of your hand? Where does that go? Ooh. I mean, that's pretty extreme, I feel like that was like very sexual though. That was kind of like life or death. Fair. (laughs) Um, Can it be both? Okay. Can it be both? Rachel, what is the worst line from this section of chapters? My worst line, it's pretty on brand with the ones I pick for worst line, but so Bella's talking about how she wants to be transformed and Edward's like, is that what you dream about? Being a monster? And she's like, not exactly. I said, frowning at his word choice. Monster indeed. Mostly I dream about being with you forever. Yep. And that's on the last page of the book. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty cheesy. Love cheesy. There. A lot of cheese. There's a lot of cheesy moments in the last couple chapters. That's, yeah. That one's good. I had a 
lot that I was trying to decide between. I've mentioned a lot of them. One, you fell down two flights of stairs through a window. You have to admit it could happen. I thought that was funny. The they gave you a few transfusions. I didn't like it. It made you smell all wrong for for a while. (laughs) Uh, The of course, I was here with parental supervision. That one might have made me laugh the most. So I I might go with that one. one. And then the last one, in what strange parallel dimension would I have ever gone to prom of my own free will? I also liked that one. So I'm probably going to go with the of course, I was here with parental supervision. Yeah, that one's good. Because it was funny. One of those little funny bits. I feel like we have a brand for our worst lines and best lines. Mine is like, what's the cheesiest line in this chapter? And yours is like, where are the little funny bits? Yeah, where are the little funny bits that Mm -hmm. I feel like a real person would say that lighten the mood that are not as deep? Right. The things that they leave out the movie. Yeah. (laughs) Food count. I don't know. Unless we count the IV or the fact that (laughs) Edward drank her blood. She was not eating anything for those three days. She was in a forced coma. So no food counts. No food counts. These two chapters. What about now? You don't have this here, but I was wondering, are we going to have, I don't know if this counts as being a potato, but like, I mean, she's injured in the hospital. So I guess I can't really count any of her like, ow, everything hurts to be a potato move. Yeah. There were a few moments where she was like, I smiled and then it hurt. And it was like, seems a little unrealistic, but it's like, she was pretty injured. Yeah. She was pretty beat up. So let's not, let's not uh, critique that. But what do you have yeah. here for actual I potato? I did have a potato. Nothing really happened, but just, I don't know. You tell me if you think this counts as potato. When they're going to the prom, she's like panicking at the thought of having to dance. She's like, I'll probably break my other leg. Look at this shoe. She has a stiletto and her non-broken leg. Look at the shoe. It's a death trap. And then later, as they like get to the dance floor, my throat was so dry. I could only manage a whisper. I honestly can't dance. I could feel the panic bubbling inside of my chest. Is that a potato? I think it's good to include that because it's just, again, her her extreme panic for dancing, which I think yeah. is, is a lot when you think of, like, I understand that some people can't or don't know how to dance or, or feel uncoordinated or for whatever reason feel that they can't dance or, or legitimately can't, whatever. But, like, prom dancing, you can, like, put your hands on someone's shoulders and they can put them around your waist and you sway back and forth. It does not so take any kind easy. of skill. Or you get in a group of people and you kind of jump up and down. Those are yeah. the two types of dancing you need to be able to do and literally anyone can do those. Just fist pump. So nice. Yeah, nice fist pump. Or like step back and forth. It's pretty easy. I mean, I don't know. What do they play at prom now? Like the Cupid Shuffle or tells you what to do? Yeah, cha-cha slide. Yeah, just follow along. Is the cha-cha slide still a thing? I just went to a wedding and they play the cha-cha slide. Okay, but that doesn't count because you went to a wedding of someone who's approximately our age and so it's still an art. Mm. I'm talking about like now. Like now at a middle school dance, are they still playing the Cupid Shuffle? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the cha-cha slide is good for like the people who don't feel as confident dancing because it's so easy just to follow along. But once you've done it a million times, it kind of sucks. You know what the, my issue with the cha-cha slide is? What's your issue with the cha-cha slide? I'm just realizing this. <laughs> it's not a dance. Like, it, the things they're telling you to do, like hopping, kicking your foot out, like those are not, like at least the Cupid Shuffle, like when you do the motions of the Cupid Shuffle, it can be a dance. Yeah. The only part of the, the cha-cha slide that's actually a dance is like the cha-cha real Which smooth. most people don't know how to do. <laughs> exactly. So they're just kind of like, just like what's going on? Yeah. Like the electric slide looks kind of like a dance. Like the dance that you 
you do, it's not spelled out in the song though, but like literally one hop this time, left foot, right stomp, right foot, left stomp, <laughs> two hops this time. Yeah, that's Charlie like the hokey pokey. This Put is your not left a, foot yeah. in, take your left exactly. foot out. Exactly. Like, I agree. And nobody's doing the hokey, but there will, there will be hokey pokeying at my wedding. Let's be honest. Good. Okay. I'll do the hokey pokey with you. Thank you. What are we talking about? We're talking about chapter titles. All right, let's get these <laughs> chapter rankings, not, not chapter titles, chapter rankings. We're okay. talking about prom and if we enjoyed prom. That was a right? long time ago. We're done that with that. That was a long time ago. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Where do we <laughs> I know, we were talking about dancing. Up? We were talking about dancing and how dancing is not that hard. Dances. And line dancing. We got off on a whole tangent. Okay. <laughs> Chapter rankings. Rain it back in. Rain, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Chapter rankings. The angel. It's <clears throat> such a short chapter. I mean, it's important because he sucks her blood out, but like. It's important. It was hard to follow, though, for me. And so short, like you said. I think top half of chapters. Well, what, was the, what was the one where she battles um, James? Chapter 23? What was that one called? Battles. She doesn't really battle him. She goes, it goes to him and he attacks her. Um, um, hide and seek? Hide and seek. Okay. So I feel like hide and seek is better. So that's like just like a threshold. Yeah. Is the is this chapter better than the one where she um hangs out with Carlisle and like learns about his history? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. What was open book and invitations and phenomenon? Phenomenon? Okay. Is this a better chapter than the one where she gets almost hit by the car? Mm-hmm. I don't think it is. I don't think so either. I, see, that's my problem. It's so short and like, it's yeah, it's really important, but like, yeah, it's short. Mind over matter. <sighs> Mind over matter is the one where they go to the meadow. Theory is... She tells him, or no, that's when she does her research. <sighs> I don't know what happens there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know either. What number is that? They're Chapter nine? Together. Theory is where he drives her home from Port Angeles and she hmm. kind oh, of figures out that he's him. a vampire, I think. I think she tells him her theory that he is a vampire. All right, what's confessions? <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's better than that one. Gosh, this is like really hard. Um, no, confessions is where they go to the meadow. Also, interrogations mm. is the one where you ask her a lot of questions. First sight is the first chapter. I mean, oh my gosh, I don't know how low this one needs to fall. Is it I nightmare? Think it's better. Is the men on the street? No, that's Port Angeles. Nightmare is where she like oh. just has a dream where she fi- figures out that he's a vampire. Kind of, she just like has a dream of him in the woods. I, I think it's a little better than that. I think chapter. it's better than that. Is it better or worse than the first chapter? Mm. I think it's. I think it's worse. I think it's worse. I think just this is where it's we. So that's where we landed. Yep. Yeah. I think this is where it is. All right. Chapter 23, which is called, I forgot, The Angel. The Angel. All right. Okay. Next and chapter then... is an impasse. Chapter okay. 24. God, I don't like it is the problem. It's a. I, it's always my least favorite chapter of the book because I, really? don't like, I don't like their conversations where he's like trying to leave her. I feel like at the point where yeah, he kind of manipulative. just- Yeah. I think it's manipulative. And I think at the point where he says like, oh, trust me, I'm a selfish person. I, I'll probably- just stay with you because I can't seem to leave you. I feel like from that point on, he's kind of lying to her. Yeah. Like, through the rest of, like, I mean, I, they don't explicitly say that, but I, I feel like he's got this idea in the back of his mind that he's not going to stay with her forever and that he thinks that he's, he's a danger to her I don't think he's been, being genuine. And so it, it always, like, I don't like it. Like, is it a, that doesn't no. mean it's a bad chapter. It just means I don't like it. I don't enjoy reading it. I don't it. like it. Is it well written? Hmm. It's a little more engaging than, like, some of the other chapters, I think, in the beginning. Like, I think it's important because we finally yeah. see Renee we get a lot of information like it was probably very gripping the first time I read it but mm-hmm. now knowing what's in it I don't like it so is it better than the angel or worse than the angel I think it's better
better, but it's like I think it's better than the angel. But I'm 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 hovering around this like first chapter kind of area as well. Yeah, I don't know though. I mean, I could be persuaded to go higher because it is it is a long chapter with a lot of info in it. I just don't like it. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna send this one over to you. Where do you think it should go? Maybe between theory and confessions. Yeah, I feel like theory the first time around is really interesting mm-hmm. because you re- finally get him to like kind of admit that he's a vampire. So mm-hmm. I agree with this place. So cool. it's it's an important chapter. We get a lot of information out of this one, but I think that one's a little better. So we don't like Edward in it. And impasse. Okay. What about the epilogue? Did we rate the prologue? No, we didn't. We but the didn't. epilogue's so much more important. The epilogue is longer and more important. I think we should rate it as a chapter or yeah. rank it. So I don't know. Do you think it's better or worse than the one we just talked about in impasse? In impasse? I think it's marginally better. <laughs> I don't like how they're like talking to each other in the beginning, but we get some like cool foreshadowing with Jacob. I think it might go right above this. I think so too. Yeah, they kind of feel similar. They're sort yeah. of, it's still the same conversation through most of it, but the setting is more fun because they're not just in a hospital. Yeah, agreed. So we got some dance. We get another Lauren moment. Yes, that bumps it up a full spot for me. <laughs> All right, so that is our final list. Anyway, there is that. Our Captain America Civil War Twilight teams. I think that we need to add one thing. Ooh, did you recruit a member? Uh, I think we both did. Oh, okay. So I, I feel like now having gotten through the whole book, I feel like Renee, we don't know her last name. <laughs> um, <laughs> Renee, Bella's Renee. mom, I think is on team pro and I think Charlie is on team con. I'm very Charlie. sad to say it because I love Charlie, Charlie. but I think Charlie's on team con. Now, what I does this Charlie. mean? Sometimes this is like people who don't like Bella. Sometimes this is people who don't like Edward. I think in this case, Renee is team pro Edward and Charlie is team con Edward. And that's why I feel like they get to go on these lists. Oh, so happy. Charlie. Charlie Swan. I was going to say Charlie Bucket, but yeah, Charlie Swan. (laughs) Charlie is team Jacob. Team pro, which is team Mary, Mike Newton, Carlisle Cullen, Lee Stevens, Alice Cullen, Keith Momini, Rachel's boyfriend, uh, Emmett (laughs) Cullen, Esme Cullen, and Renee, which means you get only Rosalie Hale out of all the Collins, but yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Team Con slash Team Rachel. We got Lauren, of course. She's the leader of the pack. Yeah. Um, Iron Man. Uh Uh-huh. Makes sense. Just just don't ask questions. Uh, Jacob Black, Rosalie Hale, Keith as Jacob Black. Again, do we need context? No. Anna Smith, (laughs) Rachel Black, and apparently the rest of the Black family, and Charlie Swan. Makes sense. I don't really get why you have Jacob, but I guess he's just anti-Edward, and that's why he's on your team. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Like, Charlie's not anti-Bella, like you were saying. Neither is Jacob, but they're anti-the relationship. Yes. (laughs) So, we have finished Twilight, and here's what I want to do. Overall, premise of this podcast, which if you ask my dad and Kirsten McInnes, did not meet its expectations. Dang it. (laughs) If you ask my mom, she loved it, but (laughs) here's, okay, here's something I just want to say. I've had some feedback, mostly from my dad and Kirsten McInnes, that we don't fight enough and that this is not enough living up to the expectation of being a twice fight. And I I take that uh, constructive criticism and I say, yes, there are things we can do to improve that. I think I set out to not just sit back and just like praise the book, but I set out to point out very important moments and elements of the book that I think are underrated or incorrectly rated badly. 
my goal was to hopefully open your eyes to why I like this a little bit, while also, because it's a podcast, understanding that there are negative bits, and we both Mm -hmm. talked about that quite a lot. I do agree, though, that there is something we can prove about this. Now, I stand by the fact that a podcast where we're just literally fighting the whole time, and I say Edward's great, and you say, no, Edward sucks, and we just keep doing that over and over, isn't actually that entertaining. I agree. I think we did a great job. So here's my proposal. Okay. And I'm happy to get feedback if anybody doesn't like this proposal or thinks that we can tweak it or move on to it. But this is a brainstorming feel. Here's here's the thing I workshopped with my dad is that we continue doing what we're doing, basically, of bringing up pro versus con moments. I'm going to generally be pro. You're generally going to be con because that's our actual feelings on the books. Mm -hmm. And it's okay if I point out things that are silly and it's okay if you point out things that maybe you've realized are okay. Mm -hmm. But I think that what we should do is at the end of each episode moving forward, have a segment where we specifically debate something that we feel very strongly about. (laughs) Okay? And maybe it it has to do with the chapters that week. Maybe there's an element that I say, no, hands down, I hate this, or or whatever. I say I love it, and you say, no, hands down, you hate it. And we'll have a quick little debate about it. And that way we have a twi-fight segment really within the podcast while continuing with the Team Pro and Team Com. But just so that we get a little bit extra oomph. Okay. What do you want to fight about? Well, nothing right now. This will take preparation. But I mean, (laughs) well, I mean, here's what we can do right now. I'm going to say I overall enjoyed this book. I looked forward to reading it. I looked forward to talking about it. I had a lot of genuine fun talking about it. My other main podcast, Riverdale. I love Riverdale, but I really accept all its flaws and I can't help but notice its flaws constantly. And it lets me down constantly because I think it has the chance to be great and it just continually drops the ball. I do not think that's the case with Twilight. I genuinely enjoy reading it and talking about it because I like it. See, I feel like I'm supposed to come in and be like, this book is garbage. You should burn this. But like, I feel like there are redeeming qualities. I don't think this book is good. I don't think Twilight is a good book. I think it's not worth all the, it doesn't deserve all the hate that it's gotten, though. I think it creates a lot, or like, to a degree, to a young woman reading this, it creates a standard that is very unrealistic and could have been a little problematic. But to the most part, it's just an extreme scenario that most people probably don't actually want in their real life. And like, there are parts of it that are just like kind of fun, like the little funny bits. I do think there's a lot of weird problems, like him being 117 and her being 17. I think that's not good, but I don't think it's like the most horrific book ever written. Do you remember from the first time reading this, whether or not you, like which books of the four you liked better or worse than others? Like, do you feel like they got better, got worse over time? Hmm. Do you remember which one you liked more? Like, I'm just curious to know whether or not you think that it's going to get worse with book two. (laughs) I don't really remember. I feel like I liked book two the most, but I don't think I was like, this is amazing. I think I was just kind of like, eh, it's a little different. I don't remember anything that happened in Eclipse. I remember Breaking Dawn being weird as hell. But Twilight, I was just kind of like, this is what the hype was about? Like, this isn't that great. Yes, much like my 10th grade year, Eclipse is the one we all forget and don't remember what happened in it. (laughs) It's like Iron Man 2. That's the same thing. You have this idea that you don't like it, but you don't actually remember anything that happened in Iron Man 2 the second it's over. Okay, this will be interesting because New Moon is by far out of the four my favorite. So I'm curious to see. For me, I think in the order, and I'm curious to see if this changes on this reread. My favorite is number two, New Moon, then number one, Twilight, and oh gosh, then probably... 
I, there's so many parts of Breaking Dawn that I don't like. So I think I'm going to have to go Eclipse first and then Breaking Dawn. This is going to be a real challenge for me to find things that I like <laughs> in Breaking Dawn. But lucky for us, we have like a year before I have to think about that. Yeah. yeah. A year. What am I talking about? We're going to have like three years. Okay. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see. And I think, you know, we learned something on each side from these rereads. I feel like we both had moments where we were like, yeah, yeah that makes sense. I never thought about it that way. And you know what? That's what debate is about. Hearing the other side, even if it's a discussion about Twilight. <laughs> yes. So we'll we'll try to we'll try to bring the fire a little bit more for for oh, yeah. the next book. Uh, yeah. But we'll but for now, this is Twilight. <laughs> we did it. Yay! It's over. We made it. Let us know your thoughts on uh, whether or not maybe you listen to this and you actually haven't read the book, and if this made you feel inclined to read it or to hate continue hating it. Let us know if you change your opinion on any elements. Like I will say, I think I changed Rachel's opinion that Bella is like a anti-feminist character. I think I changed that to a little more positive look. Yeah. Um, and it, especially a little more positive look on the like perception by the world that this book is bad. I think Rachel changed my mind on the fact that like, yeah, the fact that he's 117 is really bad. <laughs> and the the fact that he is like way more gaslighty and manipulative than yeah. is appropriate. Not that you should be gaslighting or manipulative at all. So any amount is right. bad, yeah. but still. Shouldn't be in there and be and I think we both just love Charlie so much. So oh, Charlie and Lauren. We love to hate Lauren. Love Lauren. Love, love that she's an love element of this her. book. <laughs> Completely forgot about that. Okay, great. Well, we've stalled out long enough. That's that's it for Twilight. We are going to be back next podcast for our movie recap, which we've already recorded. Uh, so we've still got, look, we're just still turning out the Twilight content. Lucky for almost everyone involved. We've already got two of those recorded. So I just really have to edit them after this. And then we will do our Brant Steel. So Yay. very exciting. Very exciting stuff. And then we'll move on to book too, which, you know, rolling into fall, which I think is appropriate Ooh. given the fact that New Moon starts I think in like August or September. So Yeah, it's like the start fun. of the next school year, right? Yeah, yeah we got some Perfect. time. Hopefully we'll hit that around uh, around the appropriate time. Get so, your school supplies ready. <laughs> okay, that's okay. it. <laughs> okay, everyone, that's all for this week's episode. Feel free to send us comments and questions on our website or on Twitter at KowskiCast. That's Cal at the K. You can follow me online at Frail Mary and you can follow Rachel at Stukin on Twitter. That's S-T T-U-U-U-K-E-N three U's. And as always, thanks to Will from America for creating our awesome theme song. Yes. And if you enjoyed the podcast, leave us a review wherever you like to listen. Like Mary said, leave us another one. Like if you already left a review for the Kelsey Cast podcast, leave one for Twifight if you enjoyed it. It's the best way for people to find the show and keep the Twilight content coming. Which is what we all want. It's at least what my parents want. So, you know, gotta, yes. gotta do this for them. You gotta make them happy. Come on, guys. Yes. Thank you for joining us and we'll be back next time for our movie podcast. Woo. For now, we're the Kowski cast. Thanks, as always, for listening, Twihards and my fellow haters. Oh, boy. All right. That was a chonker. That was a chonker. <laughs> Don't justify this. They put her in a coma every three days. Every morning when I wake up, I ask myself if I'm Team Edward or Team Jacob. But a part of me says that I...
agree. And nobody's doing the hokey. But there will there will be hokey pokeying at my wedding. Let's be honest. Good. Okay, I'll do the hokey pokey with you. Thank you. Do the hokey pokey. Is that how the song goes? Is that a different song? You put song? like a little little beat think, on there. I think I did. I think that's a different song. And we'll do no, the, the right na, words. Na, 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 na. No, what is it's that song? It's not the right tune. No, do but that is a like tune to something. It is. Wait, sing it again. And we'll do the na 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 with you. What is that? Hold on, that's a thing. Do <laughs> we do more? I don't know more. I'm trying to oh. think of more. Hold on. I, what's the rest of the song? What? It was like on a, a tape that I had like growing up. It's like, you know, on that tape, you've got like the hokey pokey and you've got like the electric slide and the one song that that Miley Cyrus's dad sang. Cotton Eye Doe? Well, that one too, but that's not what he's saying. <laughs> what did he say? <laughs> Achy breaky heart. Oh, true. Oh, hold on. I'm going to have to look this up. Okay. Line dances. And we'll do the <laughs> with you. Oh, wait. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> yeah. Okay, and I don't know anymore either. I don't know anymore either. I'm missing the middle words. I'm missing the the part where they say the name of the song. Is it the Macarena? No. Is it the Tush Push? It, I feel like it's like the something boogie, but I could be wrong. Oh. And we'll do Boogie Woogie? Boogie Woogie! Is it? I think that's it. Wait, is it the Boot Scootin' Boogie? No, no, no. Hold on. I think it's the Boogie wo- Hold on. I'm looking this up. Okay. Is it the Hoedown Throwdown? <laughs> okay. Nope. I'm looking. When I looked up Boogie Woogie, it was literally just the Hokey Pokey, but they were saying Boogie Woogie Ugh. instead of that. That's not right. It's something mm-hmm. like that, though. Mm-hmm. It's not Macarena. Put it. There's another song. It's not Hokey Pokey. There's something here called the, bo- the Boot Scootin' Boogie. I can't, like, picture what that sounds like, but I'm going to play it. Okay. Is it five, six, seven, eight? No, it's not five, six, I seven, eight. I'm scooting, oh. baby. crazy, my obsession. It's not that. Hold on. I'm, you know what? I'm calling my mom. She will know. <laughs> this is going to bug me. I got to get this right. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is urgent, urgent question. She was driving over a mountain last time I called. Hopefully she's not. Oh, anymore. it's not this. No, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. You got it? Hold on. I, I, think, I, just, I think I just answered my question, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Okay. Um. I Okay. I think I know what it is, but I'm okay. going to ask you and see if you will know what it is. Okay. So I'm thinking of, I'm on a podcast with Rachel right now, but we're, we're stuck because I hummed something and then I was like, what is that song? And we both think it sounds familiar, but we couldn't remember what it was because I said the words hokey pokey, but it's definitely not hokey pokey, but it's the line, we'll do the something something with you. But I was like, we'll do the na 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 with you. And I think I just figured it out, but I want to know if you got it. It's not hokey pokey. I'll do the, do the na 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 with you. I think I figured it out. It was on that same like tape of all those songs that we had grown up that's got like the hokey pokey and the yep it's locomotion and that's what it is because i figured out literally the second i called you i was like it's the locomotion because the song come on baby do the locomotion na 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 so the funny thing is the words i said were completely wrong i don't think they said we'll do the locomotion with you i think that's just hokey pokey but Is it by? Kylie Minogue. Okay. Locomotion with you. Oh, they do say, come on, come on, do the locomotion with me. Oh. But it was on that same tape we had wow. as a kid, right? This was on Maybe. the fringes of my like, consciousness. Song, but it, we had a tape that had like, uh, what's the song Billy Ray Cyrus does? Boots getting boogie. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
Achy Breaky Heart. It, it had like it had like Achy Breaky Heart and like the Hokey Pokey, but it also had like you know the Electric Slide and the Locomotion. It was all these like fun songs, like and Macarena. And the Macarena. It was like and probably Cotton Eye Joe. Like we had a tape that had all these songs on it. Anyway, wow, that was gonna bug me forever. Have not heard that song in years, but okay. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna finish up this freaking podcast with Rachel because we've been doing it for like an hour and a half now. But um, I, hope, I, I really, really, really hope this is a Twi Fi podcast. It is. It's the final it's chapters. The final. Have you listened yeah. to our previous podcast. ones yet? I have not listened to the one that you just made. Well, well, go listen to it. Yes, I really need. I know to. she can't hear anything I'm saying. Yeah, it's my favorite podcast that you do. Yay! Thanks. Yay! <laughs> All right. All right. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Okay. Locomotion. Woo! Oh, it's fine. I'll get that later. Okay. I listened to the song. It was like... Did you recognize so, it? I did, but it was like so... It was like about to leave my mental awareness, and then I just brought it back, and yeah. Come on, baby, do, do the locomotion. Yeah, they love it when we sing. Okay. Um, <laughs> We can't sing. All right. Uh, What? Okay. What, okay. Are we, what are we talking about? We're talking about chapter titles. All right, let's get these <laughs> chapter rankings. Not, not chapter titles. Chapter rankings. Okay. 